Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. We've got a great revenge story against an illegal Airbnb owner. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, can't respect people by sharing their photos without consent? You won't get to share anymore. My father is the most obnoxious user of social media I've ever known. He frequently posts private information and photos about his wife and kids without our consent on his public Facebook and TikTok. Even worse, he frequently photographs women in public, sometimes in compromising positions, and posts their photos without their consent or knowledge. Think women in bikinis sunbathing on the beach. Yes, I understand how disgusting and borderline illegal this is. I've told them time and time again how this is inappropriate and how he needs to stop, but he won't stop. He revels in the reaction he gets online from these posts. Every like, view, and follow. We've had so many yelling matches about this, I've lost count. I've repeatedly used my own account to report his posts, especially those of unsuspecting women, to hopefully have them taken down. He recently asked me to help him fix something on his phone. I noticed he had his Facebook app open and was in the middle of posting another photo, so I told him I needed to consult something on my laptop and walked away. I proceeded to privatize all of his accounts, delete a bunch of photos, and modified his profile settings so that no one could see his past and future posts. I then closed the apps, fixed whatever he wanted me to do, and returned the phone to him like nothing ever happened. I'm not sure how long this will stick before he realizes and changes his settings back. He's not the most tech-savvy, so I'm hoping he'll spend a good long time confused about why no one is liking his crap. If they're not tech-savvy, you probably shut them down for a while, but I think it goes without saying that you'd like to see a more permanent end to this creeper catalog. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, won't give me my personal space? Enjoy this airdrop? So, I was reminded of this recently, as my mother-in-law for Christmas got us tickets to Disneyland. It's 2017 and personal space wasn't as big of a deal like it is today. We were with family at Disneyland, close and extended. My oldest was 7. If you've been to Disneyland, then you'll know there's a Buzz Lightyear ride right by the Space Rockets. It was taking forever to move in the line. Lots of kids in our group wanted to ride the Lightyear ride and not a single kid could go solo. So, as parents, we had to suffer the wait with them. We got to the point where we weren't moving, and my oldest wanted to ride the rockets. We could see them from our place in line. The wait for the rockets was as long as it took the previous riders to get off, more or less. Tired of waiting, the oldest and I jumped out of the light year line and stood for the rockets. There was maybe a half dozen people in front of us, and they just loaded the rockets, so we had a little wait. Behind us comes along a mom and her daughter. This girl was younger than my kid, but not by much. Again, it's 2017, and apparently personal space has not been introduced to this duo at this time. 2020 was probably very hard for them. Now, what I haven't mentioned is that I was on my period, and I tend to be a bit gassy when I am. I was basically waiting to get on this ride and drop a silent but deadly in the air. 
it would get dispersed midair as we whirled away. No one needed to suffer. This mom and daughter kept stepping closer to us, their fronts pressed against our backs. We would take a step forward to put more space and they'd scoot in more. Her daughter started to dance in front of us, between us just generally not being minded. They weren't in danger of not making the next load of passengers. I don't know why they insisted on doing this. I got the feeling that the mom was trying to use her kid to cut in front. Oh, my child's in front of you now. I'll just get in front of you and stay. We had seen it happen in a few other lines earlier that day. I turned around and politely asked them to not crowd us, to give us some personal space. Also, for the sake of their noses, if they bumped me, my chamber was loaded and just waiting. Just to take a step back, the people behind them had given them enough room to do so. The mother proceeded to snap that it didn't matter, it was crowded. The park? Maybe. This ride? No. And so on. Just generally being a jerk about the whole thing. I asked her to keep her daughter with her then, gave the excuse that if she fell, she could get hurt. This she obliged with much murmuring. I decided the next time they got too close, I'd let my silent but deadly fart loose. Because that's the kind I get on my period, so I made sure my kids stayed in front of me. No unnecessary casualties needed. Didn't have to wait long. Felt them push into my back one last time, and the package was dropped. What I didn't know was it was the daughter who bumped me, and her face was the same height as my derriere. So I let it go. This little girl went, ew, and then the mom made a noise when she got a whiff of it. Needless to say, they took more than a few steps back and found a rocket to ride on the opposite side from us. I think what OP did here would be considered legally using a civilian's grade bioweapon. Honestly, justified though. This next story is, claim my music is yours? Have fun trying to remake it. I met my roommate in college five years ago. We were both going for studio engineering and music production. We became great friends almost instantly. We would often share beats with one another and also collaborate on some projects together. At one point, we were marketing ourselves as a duo for music production. We were trying to get noticed by more famous artists in our area. We made trap and R&B beats. Some local artists have used our beats, but no one major. Here's a quick side note. Whenever we would send out beats, we would send them .wav files, and it would always be in a loop, never the complete beat, never the actual project file. This protected us from thieves. During the holidays, I went home and he stayed behind. I sent him over a loop and a wave file. A few hours, I'm on Snapchat and he's in the studio with a local artist, playing my loop. At first, I'm super stoked. I try to FaceTime my roommate and he doesn't answer. He just sends me a message saying, send over the project file. I tried to FaceTime him again and he doesn't answer. Right away, I know what he's trying to do. So instead, I go over to the local artist's Instagram and check his story. It's him in the studio with my roommate, and the artist says, Yeah, I'm here in the studio about to hop on this track that my man, insert my roommate's name, made. Now I'm livid. I tried calling my roommate again. He answers, and my first question was, Why is he saying that's your beat? My roommate just says, You know how it is, man. Just send over the project file so I can arrange it for him. He's ready to go right now. I hang up and never send the file over. He calls me over 20 times. Then he sent me a message saying, That's messed up. That could have been our big break. You know, he knows people in Atlanta and New York City. I was going to tell them it wasn't mine. Screw you, bro. You just ruined us. 
Now we left and you made us look stupid. I didn't respond. Instead, I messaged the artist explaining the situation and told him I could be in his area if he really wanted the beat. I told him I lived 20 minutes outside the city and I could be there within an hour. Now remember, this is a local artist, no one famous by any means. He does know people, but he himself is not famous. So he responds and tells me to come through. I play the full beat for him and he said he wasn't feeling it anymore, which artists say a lot. He then goes on to tell me that my roommate tried for hours to remake my beat but couldn't even figure out the drum pattern. That's how he knew he lied about the beat being his. He even called him out and my roommate still said that it was his but that he was drinking and smoking when he made it. Now he will never trust him again. And he told all of his homies to do the same. Now the local artist doesn't want to work with my roommate because they don't know if what he brings is stolen or not. Which everyone knows in the music world is a really bad idea. Bottom line, don't try and steal from me. But now I gotta find a new place to live. If I was in OP shoes, I'd just be glad that this guy showed his true colors there before it went on long enough for them to actually backstab you. Our next story is, can't behave yourself in traffic? I'll nullify your free parking privilege. Not far from me, there's a parking garage in the middle of a popular street-level shopping district. Bakeries, restaurants, hardware stores, green grocers, butchers, fishmongers, cleaners, bars, booksellers, head shops, cannabis stores, liquor stores, banks, pet supplies, there's a supermarket, a post office, a musical instrument store, etc. This parking garage charges non-trivially, like 2 euros and 50 cents for every 30 minutes parking time. However, you can get 45 minutes free parking by entering your car's plate number and your parking stall number on the parkometer near each pedestrian exit. One fine day in the main street of this district, I happened to be in front of a toddler behind the wheel of an expensive luxury SUV. I wasn't dawdling or anything. When the lights turned green, I promptly went ahead and I kept up with the speed of traffic. But on the other hand, I stopped for pedestrians crossing. All that brassed off HRH Lord High Toddler, who aggressively tailgated me, beamed me with his super bright high beam lights, honked his horn, kept trying to unsafely go around me either in the bike lane or in the opposite lane, revving his engine to make pop bang sounds with the exhaust. I've since learned this is the result of petrol deliberately sprayed into the exhaust chamber to simulate the exhaust noise of old carbureted race cars from decades ago. So, wasting oil and creating CO2 just to annoy people, isn't that nice? Etc. Eventually, it became apparent that we were both headed for the parking garage. More honking and high-beaming and aggression from behind as I waited for a safe gap to turn across traffic and pedestrians into the entrance. Once inside the garage, I selected a space and pulled into it, thus getting out of his way. As he drove past behind me, he gunned his engine and leaned on his horn, I guess to drive home whatever he thought his point was. I collected my shopping bags, locked my car, stepped up to the parkometer, and entered his plate number in one of the empty but reserved slash off-limits for general parking stall numbers. The thing of it is, any plate number is allowed one free 45-minute park-up per day, so when he went to get his own 45 minutes free parking, he would be rejected. Maximum daily free parking exceeded. Select a paid parking option. Then I entered my own plate number and the stall number I'd parked in, 
got my 45 free minutes validated, went up to street level and did my errands, returned to my car, and drove away. Petty, but satisfying. I mean, obviously, I imagine there's no great way to verify, but it kind of sucks that it's so abusable that way. This next story is Revenge from Beyond the Grave. My sister-in-law died suddenly on Thanksgiving this year. Her memorial was set for this past week. Her sons put on a very respectable event for about 50 people. Sister-in-law was divorced in the 1970s, no contact with ex-husband. During the testimonial part, one of her closest friends who only knew her post-divorce gave a short speech. The friend related how sister-in-law's ex drank a lot and it was the cause of their divorce. Friend then told what sister-in-law did as the final act in her marriage. She rearranged all of the furniture. Her husband came home after midnight stinking drunk and unable to maneuver throughout the house. Everyone had a good laugh at this brilliant passive-aggressive behavior. What the friend giving the testimonial didn't realize is that the ex-husband was attending the memorial. Sister-in-law sure got him back from beyond the grave. Our next story is body shaming me? I'll let you all taste your own toxicity. So I'm from Southeast Asia where it's very common for relatives to comment on your appearances, aka body shaming, especially towards their nieces. Some of my aunts really like to comment on my weight. My BMI is categorized as overweight, but I'm actively trying to lose weight by switching to healthier food. I already lost 8.8 pounds so far, and my current BMI is only 2.2 pounds away from normal weight. Every time there were family gatherings, these aunts would always surround me and say, Wow, OP, are you aware that you're getting even fatter every time I see you? You're not that pretty, so getting fat makes you look even uglier. You should start dieting because no guy likes ugly girls, let alone ugly fat girls. On one of the family gatherings, I already had a bad day, thus my mood isn't the greatest. Then they surrounded me like vultures and started yapping the same crap. I got so angry that I snapped and said, Wow, Annies, upon closer look, you all actually got fatter as well. Then walked away. They were so shocked, they all fell into silence. I know it's not nice to do the same crap that they did, because what makes me different than them if I also commented on their appearances as well, but after receiving those reactions from them, I committed that as long as they were the first to initiate the body shaming, then I'd say the same crap they threw at me. They told me I got fatter, I also said that they got fatter as well. Told me I'm ugly, them as well. No guy likes me, them either. This repeated for a few more times within a few family gatherings. Then suddenly, I'm not fat nor ugly anymore. Isn't it sad that you gotta throw it back in their face for them to realize, hey, it doesn't feel good to be told this stuff? Even if they genuinely think that, keep it to yourself. Our next story is, cheated on cheater, then posted it online. Basically, I'm a jerk here too, but not really. I was in a relationship of three years with this girl. During the last two years, my friends kept telling me that she's cheating on me. Everyone claims to have seen her with other guys, but I always said that I trust her and that she wouldn't do that. But in fact, I did trust them, as I found clear evidence of this myself. This went on for two years. My entire friend group and people who knew me thought I was just into that. After three years of a relationship with her, I broke up. She cried, begged me. I never told her that I actually knew she cheated. I just broke up. She went public with this guy right away. One month later, 
I posted a picture of my girlfriend's hand with an engagement ring on it with a caption, After two beautiful years, she said yes. Followed by a reel of a quick slide of our days from many vacations in these two years that I allegedly went to with my parents and siblings. Everyone I know, including my ex, raided my DMs. She came to my doorstep to cry and Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary and assault me, calling me cheater. Neighbors witnessed her throwing a big rock and breaking my window for humiliating her. Called the cops on her and she got arrested. Imagine. I was kind of lazy to type the more intimate details of the story, but I think it's necessary to note the following. My ex, besides the fact that she cheated on me, was insanely manipulative, violent, psychotic, and downright evil. I actually tried breaking up with her, but she threatened me that she'll get rid of herself with proof that I'm the reason behind it. She could have easily bruised herself as proof of me being a violent guy. I tried reporting her. I tried helping her. I offered for paying for therapy. She denied everything. And the cops never took me seriously because a 198 centimeter tall guy cannot get assaulted by a petite girl. At the late stage of our crippling relationship, I tried to walk out of the fight when she threw a porcelain vase on my head and KO'd me on the spot. There was no way for me to win. The only time cops actually took me seriously is when she broke my window in front of a whole neighborhood, literally tried to claw my face with her nails. That's when they filed a restraining order. For quite some time, she'd been emotionally and mentally abusive. If I showed her affection, she would dismiss me instantly, withdrew hooking up completely, If I drifted away and showed signs or mentioned breaking up, she would instantly crawl back. And when I still proceeded to wish for a breakup, she would start to threaten me. Given the Me Too movement, men and women are on equal paper, but de facto in reality we are not equal in court. Had she cooked up a story, made up random allegations, my life would have ended. I wanted to leave, I couldn't. Now that we're broken up, she's in a relationship with the earlier mentioned guy, and she's getting beaten like a dog. About my fiancé, she knew all of this and was one of the rare people who actually took me seriously. Ideally, I would have broken up with my ex to go be with her, but that just wasn't possible at the time. There are so, 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 so many things I could write here. So much mental manipulation that I saw just months later but I think this is enough to somewhat show the more accurate picture. So, OP was in a relationship with their fiancé and cheating on them for two years just to get revenge? I guess there's no 
good guy in this story. Our next story is, if you're going to discriminate against me, make sure you can do your job without me first. Once upon a time, I worked for a health center in their billing department. I'd been there for quite some time already and knew the office inside and out. Staff turnover had actually been rather rare, but when the office manager decided to retire, things swiftly changed. At first, we got a brilliant ray of sunshine as our new office manager. She really changed the office, modernized how we did things and helped establish us as a stellar place to work. I'd never been happier, but good things can't last forever. She was a star and was offered a much better job at another health facility for a lot better pay and benefits. We literally cried when she left. We had adored her so much. Before I go any further, there's a few things I need to add in. Details, you know. I have a mental illness called schizoaffective disorder. It's the depressive type. I actively have auditory hallucinations and frequent bouts of serious depression, but I've had it for decades now and it's well controlled with medication and cognitive therapy. One of the things that the office manager did for me was to make sure I had a number of accommodations set up. One of them was the use of a special task-oriented website and the other was to be allowed to listen to a noise generator website. Both of these were vital in helping me maintain concentration and get my work done efficiently and correctly. About a week after the new and now old office manager left for her new job, we got Karen. I know the term is overused, but my god, stereotypes exist for a reason and the reason was this lady. Karen immediately set about making her mark on the department. All the goodwill we had built with our previous supervisor was out the window in short order. She immediately tightened restrictions on the office. Silence was in order. We were not allowed to speak unless on the phones or talking to a patient at the front counter. She even sent an email telling me if I had to blow my nose, I had to get up and go to the bathroom to do it. She also had a devil of a time figuring out how to do reports in our billing software. As I had been there forever, I was tasked with showing her how to do things. It was an exercise in patience and teeth grinding and futility. She absolutely could not figure it out. I tried everything to teach her. Printed things out, highlighted things, added things up and showed her the tape, marked reports with arrows. Nope, she wasn't getting it. And she blamed me for it. So began what I can only describe as a two-year terror campaign on her part to punish me. She forced me to move from the desk I'd been sitting at for over a decade. Reminder, I'm schizoaffective. Moves like that can easily cause chaos in my brain for months until I settle. Just thinking about it makes my heart start to race. It was awful. My new seat was now right by the door to her office and inside of everyone in the office. My paranoia was at an all-time high. She then began having IT track all of my internet traffic. If I checked the weather on a day we were supposed to get snow, she had me in her office asking me what I was doing on non-work-related sites. Any site I visited that actually was work-related got questioned. She made sure I knew she was watching me and everything I did. This included two websites I was using as accommodations. I explained how I used them and why and she was not having it. She went to HR and explained the sites I used were unprofessional. HR decided to side with her and then told me they were removing them and asked me to find a more professional way to do things. Then comes the clincher from Karen. 
She looks me dead in the eyes and says, If you're too sick to work here, then maybe you shouldn't work here. And that was it. I knew what she was doing was discriminatory, and HR wasn't going to do anything to protect me. So that's when I decided I was going to get a new job, and make sure she crashed and burned on my way out. I collected everything. All her nasty gram emails she'd sent out over the years, all her sticky notes, I kept copies of my spreadsheets and other things showing she was absolutely incapable of doing the job without assistance. My assistance, mind you. I was doing 80% of her job for her. These I assembled in a binder, complete with date and timestamps and explanations I'd typed up and printed off as covers to each incident. The binder was so thick, I ended up having to start a second one. As I did this, I applied for another job at a nonprofit. They interviewed me and the HR lady asked for permission to speak to my current supervisor. I hesitated and then explained why I'd okayed it but to expect her to attempt to tank me. And boy, did she. I could hear the condescending tone of her voice through the door to her office, even if I couldn't quite make out what she was saying, and I knew she was talking to the potential new jobs HR lady. HR lady called me after and asked if I was still in contact with my previous supervisor, the one I adored. I was. We were friends on Facebook, and as soon as I contacted her there, she was glad to help me out by speaking to this potential new jobs HR. They offered me the job the next day. I cannot tell you how satisfying it was to walk into Karen's office and give my two weeks notice. Her face just fell. She had been defeated and man, it was a sour taste in her mouth that she couldn't contain. Because for all her bluster that she wanted me to quit, in reality, she didn't really want me gone. She knew she couldn't do her job without me. And now that very reality was staring her in the face. Those last two weeks were grand. I blew my nose in the office, I checked the weather whenever I pleased, and I stopped doing her work, just mine, which I made sure was 100% caught up before I walked out the door. She was stressed and struggling and asking me to do things for her before I left. I said sure, and tossed whatever it was into a drawer I didn't touch for the remainder of my time there. Of course, on my last day, I had my exit interview. I didn't stay long. I just informed them they had a very incompetent manager on their hands, gave them the two binders of dirt I'd collected, and reminded them that people don't quit jobs. They quit bad management and poor HR decisions. Coworkers in the office kept me abreast of developments after I left for my new job. She lasted less than a month after my resignation. There had been a huge blow up in the middle of the office between one of the HR folks and Karen over her incompetence. Since I wasn't there anymore to clean up after her, financials were a mess and they were in the red for hundreds of thousands of dollars that were unaccounted for. All because Karen couldn't figure out how to do her job and she'd been there for over two years at that point. It's been a few years now and I'm still super happy at my new job. And from what I hear, she's now working in an office of a dinky little place where she's in charge of absolutely no one for a fraction of the salary she was getting previously, as it should be. This next story is, illegal Airbnb owner too cheap to fix issues. I want to note that I hate Airbnb and I think a majority of the hosts have no business being hosts. I've had some bad experiences and have avoided using them in the past four years. 
Someone gifted me an Airbnb gift card and I had it in my possession for over two years. I thought, okay, it's been four years, wounds heal and maybe I can try it again and finally use this card. Also, I'm not a Karen and I rarely leave bad reviews. Normally, I try to be very understanding of situations and not vengeful, but this experience had too many issues for me to ignore. I planned a vacation to Canada and found a listing. It was a condo, 4.5 star rating, 3 bedroom, 2 bathroom, price seemed okay and it had a designated underground parking space available for our car rental. I booked the place and didn't think much of it. Three days before my reservation, the owner sends me instructions on how to access his place, the parking garage, etc. There's a note in his instructions, the property does not permit short-term rentals like Airbnb, and if anyone asks, I should lie and say I'm staying for a month. Okay, whatever shady stuff you want to do, fine with me as long as I don't get into any legal trouble here. I had no problems locating the condo and letting myself in using the instructions provided. However, there was a slew of other problems that I don't think I should have had to deal with. The underground garage key button didn't work and cars would come in and out of the underground parking. No matter what I pressed on the garage key, it wouldn't work. I messaged the owner who said, try this, try that, get closer. I fiddled with this thing for an hour. I ended up parking on the street, but that was permitted for overnight parking. Overall, I spent like three hours on this dumb garage key issue during this whole trip. His solutions were, go replace the battery on the garage key button. But I didn't have a screw to free the battery from inside the garage key. I was also a bit annoyed that I had to spend my vacation time fixing an issue with his garage key. He would send someone over. Well, that person never came and he changed his mind four hours later to send someone. He suggested I pay in a paid parking lot a one-way 15-minute walk away from the condo. I would have to spend 30 minutes a day walking to and from my vehicle. He would pay for parking, but nothing else. I suggested he pay for an Uber each day or give me a discount for the time I'm losing each day, but he wouldn't. A big reason I booked this Airbnb was because of the parking spot. Two, why am I paying a cleaning fee? The condo was not clean. Just the toilet was clean, I think, and the floor was swept. The carpet floors had human hair all over it gathering up around the corners and around the bed. The beds were made but the bed sheets weren't washed. You could smell body odors on it. There was a washer and dryer in the condo so we threw all of the bed sheets, pillow covers and towels in the wash. It took around 4 hours to get through all of that laundry. 3. The TV that sits on the TV stand was flimsy and broken. If you put any weight on the side of the TV stand, the top portion of it will dislodge and the TV will topple over. Which it did and a 15 year old flat screen TV was broken. I took responsibility and replaced it with a brand new one. He was fine with that. I didn't blame him but did inform him the stand was broken and sent him a video of it. He said he sees nothing wrong with it. 4. While I was replacing the TV, I also took the garage key with me and replaced the battery. The garage key still didn't work. I sent him the receipt for the battery purchase and my PayPal information. I had to message him three times until he randomly sent me a wire using Canada banks that I couldn't accept. And I couldn't accept the money because I have a US bank. He was just like, too bad. I had to take it up with Airbnb who reimbursed me. 
After all of that, the Airbnb host said his cleaning lady tried the garage key and she was able to get it work by standing really close to the garage hub box. I'm not sure what it's called. I don't see the point in him saying that, but whatever. I left him a bad review on Airbnb, but I just didn't think it was enough. Here comes my revenge. I remembered on the first day of my stay, someone knocked on our door and asked who we were. I lied according to the host instructions that we were visiting from out of town and staying a month. I looked up the property management company of that building and emailed them. I informed them of his instructions to lie, shared the Airbnb listing link, and specified what unit it was. I got a response a few days later and the property management said it was unacceptable and they'll be speaking to the owner. I'm not sure what the outcome is. I'll check in a few weeks to see if the listing is still up, but see if I shut down his Airbnb business. I've never personally used Airbnb, but I'll tell you what, after all I've heard over the last few years, especially with some idiotic cleaning fees and things like that, I would be extremely hesitant to do an Airbnb over just straight up a hotel. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.